What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And this is episode 239, week three here. Uh, this is the week three NAI women's flag football recap. We got a lot to talk about. By the way, recording this or starting to record this on March 3rd, 2023, just so that you know, and we'll be covering all the games from March 2nd, 20, well, I guess technically March 1st, 2023 to March 4th, Saturday, 2023, obviously, but a lot to talk about here. Obviously got some Sun Conference action. We also got a little bit of KCAC action, uh, not against each other, which is interesting, but more importantly, we got some first looks at a couple new programs here. Uh, which will be really interesting and whatnot. So a lot to talk about on this episode. We'll be doing power rankings, playmakers of the week, or playmaker of the week, all of that great stuff. But first things first, we are going to just go ahead and recap every single one of those games. And I actually want to start with a unique one here. I'm going to start with Cotty College's home, or yeah, I guess home season opener against Fort Scott Community College here. Now, just putting some background behind uh, all of this here, community colleges, JUCOs, two-year colleges, this is the first year for all of those programs, and so if you see me recapping one of those, just keep that in mind, you know, it's the first year for those programs, and there are a couple colleges that will be playing those teams, you know, just so that they stay warm and get some good competition in as well and so uh, I'm not gonna promise I'm gonna be able to cover each and every one of those but you know if there is a recap available and whatnot uh, as in like an article or some information is sent my way then I'd be more than happy to talk about it which I am very happy to talk about this as this is actually the first uh, game for Cody here and let's go ahead and hop into it so this game took place on March 1st here like I said, it is Cotty's season opener, and they are part of the KCAC, mind you. But here is how it went down. It started with their quarterback, uh, Amaya Karula. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, but I believe that's how you say it. Getting the party started by finding Angelina Cruz, Angie Cruz, the sophomore from Florida for the first score of this Cotty season. I would also give them the lead here. Now, Fort Scott, they would go ahead and get two touchdowns. One of them was off of a turnover, by the way, to make it a 13-6 game at halftime. So Cotty is down pretty early. But, you know, after that, they would go ahead and respond pretty well here in the second half. After a forced turnover on downs, the defense doing their job, Cotty would go ahead and tie it up with Corula finding Shamise Lee, uh, a freshman-to-freshman connection uh, there, by the way, for the touchdown. And then they would go ahead and get the reception here on the conversion. Uh, Angelina Cruz would get that reception in the third quarter to go ahead and take a lead or sorry not a lead but to go ahead and tie the game here i believe at 13 13. now in this third quarter i believe Cotty would score one more time here but going into the fourth though um fort scott would actually get a huge pick six by jalissa 
Facison, I want to say, that would go ahead and give them the one-point lead, I assume, after the conversion there. Um, and so, Cotty was only down by a point here in the fourth after that big-time play. But, you know, they would respond really well and would get a pretty clutch touchdown with about 42 seconds left uh, on a third and goal situation from the five. Here's what happens. Amaya Karula would go ahead and roll out left and find another freshman, this time Joliet Johnson from Nevada, I believe, if I'm not mistaken there, for a huge touchdown. And that would go ahead and give them the lead Add on the extra point from Daniela Goodridge, the sophomore, and there you go. Cotty would go ahead and take the 27-20 lead, and their defense would hold it down for the last 32 seconds to secure that 27-20 lead over Fort Scott. So, there you go there. I believe this is actually the first home opener or the first season opener that they've won so good for them uh their next game will come against bethel on march 11th that is next saturday and that's when they'll also begin kcac play so there you go there uh by the way player of the game i think it has to go to their quarterback amaya Karula here he had at least three passing touchdowns in this one i don't know why they didn't list what that other touchdown was in the third quarter but she had three passing touchdowns which were all big time remember she is the freshman from uh the east coast i believe she went to tottenville if i am not mistaken there and so there you go that is the player of the game from that matchup on march 1st Cotty starting the season one and oh now the next set of games would take place on march 2nd 2023 in tennessee and uh let me give some backstory here originally these sets of games were supposed to take place at milligan but i believe the field conditions weren't great i know it was kind of raining a lot and so they actually had to relocate to east tennessee university i believe to play these games and on top of that i don't believe milligan was able to play any of these games at all that they were originally scheduled to play which is really tough as they do play next week i believe but you know that's three or four games that you probably would have wanted to you know, at least be able to play against some solid competition. And so playing in these games were only the invited teams, ironically, which is Midland, Reinhardt, Kansas Wesleyan, and Campbellsville. They would all play each other once on this day. And so let's go ahead and start with Midland versus Reinhardt at East Tennessee State. By the way, shout out their Instagram live. That was the only way I was able to watch it because uh, obviously they're not playing at Milligan. And then, you know, shout out Midland's site as well, posting stats and a recap for me to talk about here. But let's go ahead and talk about how that game went. Uh, first game of the season here for Midland. And I believe the first one for Reinhardt as well. Reinhardt being the new kid on the block, one of the new kids on the block here as a first year program but to start out midland would score on two of its first three first half possessions here um reinhardt not being able to score at all but here's how those offensive possessions went uh it would end or i guess it would start with angel yuani finding Alyssa butler on a 
long drive here. Uh, well, not a long touchdown pass, but, you know, ending a long drive on a touchdown pass on fourth down, that would go ahead and put them up to start. And then right before half ended, they would go ahead and have a pretty efficient five-play, 28-yard drive that would end with Angel Yuani finding the veteran Casey Thompson for a last-second touchdown, um, technically three seconds left in that half, to make it a 13-0 lead for Midland here. Now, in the second half, here's how it how it would go. Uh, Midland continues to dominate. Uh, Angel Yuani would rush in a short touchdown after putting together a nice long drive. Uh, well, after a nice 20-ish yard pass to Cassandra Chavez, that is. But then after that, later in the game, Casey Thompson here, it's a first and goal, I believe, for Reinhardt, would go ahead and kill that drive with a Big time interception basically on the goal line and then around midfield would go ahead and p pitch it to Nadia Simpson here would go ahead and take it to a house that will count as a 70 yard pick six first set up by the veteran Casey Thompson by the way all playmaker first team or all playmaker defense last year to her teammate Simpson who would go ahead and get the job done and that would basically be it as Midland goes ahead and wins 26 to 0 over newcomer Reinhardt uh, let's talk some quick stats here uh, Midland first off only limited Reinhardt to just 71 offensive yards they also had a pair of interceptions uh thompson having one of those along with two tackles and then excuse me if i say this wrong because i know i'm about to butcher it uh, naomi lupina tuau i want to say had the other interception along with the team high three tackles sydney red i believe also had three tackles as well for midland now angel yuani uh, also completed 17 of her 27 attempts for 149 passing yards. Also about 8 rushing yards there. On the receiving end, Midland, uh, 4 of her passes was for Butler, Alyssa Butler, who had 23 yards and a touchdown. Diva Jones had 4 catches and 28 yards. Jocelyn Lopez uh, led the team, though, in receptions and yards with 5 catches and 63 receiving yards as Midland does find that dub there now uh let me go ahead and talk about Reinhardt here I don't have the stats from any of their other games but it does appear that they tried I well they had four different players throw a pass here one of them only threw one and that was Clio Wimbush but I believe she would actually take most of the snaps in the following games later that day but other players who got snaps at quarterback you have a uh, Branham here you have Ashlyn McKinley you have Victoria Salmon just to name a few Branham here um, had the most passing yards with 23 but also threw an interception and then Ashlyn McKinney she had the most I guess passing attempts but only had like four yards and also threw an interception there uh Branham did have 36 rushing yards though I'm just gonna throw that out there and then Victoria Salmon actually looks like she led in receptions and receiving yards with two receptions on 24 yards their lead tackler was also victoria salmon who had six 
tackles in that game. So kind of a tough go, but you know, that's kind of what you can expect out of a first-year program, uh, especially going against a three-year program like Midland. There's going to be some growing pains there naturally. Um, but, oh, before I move on, though, player of the game for Midland, I think it has to go to Casey Thompson, the veteran here. Three receptions, 18 yards, one receiving touchdown. She also had two tackles and then that big-time pick. Uh, I'm, I'm giving her this recognition, though, because not only did she make that interception, but she made a great pitch at midfield. That was actually a play I was able to see there uh, really well and clearly. Uh, just a perfect pitch there and great awareness to go ahead and make that play. So got to give her credit for that one. But obviously, very much a team win here. I know Angel Yuwani is definitely somebody to be considered for this one. But uh, yeah, just a good dub for Midland to go ahead and start out 1-0, uh, not only on the season, but on the day. Now let's move on to the next game of the day. We got first year Campbellsville from Kentucky versus Kansas Wesleyan University. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan played one game last week against the defending national champs, Ottawa. You know, they lost, but... Not the worst loss either. It was a relatively close game. So going into this uh, series of games, this doubleheader here on uh, March 2nd, they are looking to go ahead and bounce back from that against first-year program Campbellsville. And here's how it gets going. Uh, to start the game, Brianna Hernandez-Silva would go ahead and punch in a short rushing touchdown to take the early lead, but it would not end there. Alexis Jimenez gets a big-time interception for Kansas Wesleyan that would eventually set up a Brianna Hernandez-Silva passing touchdown to Angel Amarez, um, a 30-yard touchdown to go ahead and go up by two scores. But then right before halftime, Angel Roman gets a huge interception for Kansas Wesleyan that would eventually end up becoming a Brianna Hernandez-Silva rushing touchdown, her second of the day, to make it a quick 18-0 lead at halftime. Uh, honestly, Kansas Wesleyan was very much in control here. Uh, I don't, I mean, this wasn't their first game, obviously, so they looked uh, just a little bit more ready than Campbellsville, which I believe it was their first game. But anyways, in the second half here, uh, you had another Brianna Hernandez Silver rushing touchdown, and then a uh, passing touchdown by her to freshman Jasmine Whitfield that would basically make this a 30-0 game. As Kansas Wesleyan runs away with this one, winning it pretty easily here. Kansas Wesleyan's defense being pretty sharp here. Uh, like I said, Angel Roman had that interception. Alexis Jimenez uh, had that interception plus two tackles. But it was Nikayla Howard who actually led the team in tackles with four in that game as they were very sharp, not allowing any scores. Now on offense here, it was the Brianna Hernandez Silva show doing what she does best, which is scoring through the air and on the ground here. Uh, through the air, 10 of 18, 185 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions in that one. But on the ground, on only seven rushes, she had 44 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns a hat trick there uh now uh, as far as the receivers went her lead receivers were uh kieran de cure 
Hopefully I'm saying that right. We had three receptions and 55 receiving yards. Uh, her receiving touchdowns went to Angel Amaras and Jasmine Whitfield there. So there you go. I think the next uh, lead receiver was Ashley Hawthorne. Only had two receptions, but also had 34 receiving yards. As Kansas Wesleyan played a very clean football game. Now I do want to talk about Campbell's Devote just real quick here. Uh, went ahead and started Marissa Rankin at quarterback here uh, marissa rankin i believe is from georgia yep from georgia warner robbins Northside high school obviously a freshman uh not the worst here but obviously there's going to be some growing pains especially against a program like kansas wesleyan that is a top six seven program in the entire country but marissa rankin 10 of 22 114 passing yards Two interceptions, though. One sack. No touchdowns, obviously, in this one. Uh, her lead receivers were J.C. Harper, who had two receptions for 57 yards. And then Alexis Thomas, who had three receptions for 44 yards there. Uh, the lead tackler being Angeline Beecher with four tackles. And then you have Hannah Love and Presley Payne, both accumulating three tackles as well. Now... Player of the game for this game obviously has to go to Brianna Hernandez-Silva. I mean, 10 of 18, 185 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, seven rushes, 44 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns. That's five touchdowns and about 220, 230 uh, total yards. That's pretty big time, plus playing a pretty clean game. Love to see that in a bounce-back dub. Now let's go ahead and talk about Kansas Wesleyan's other game of the day here against another first-year program in Reinhardt, which was also their second game after playing Midland. And this was a lot of the same here. I mean, let's. I'm just going to go ahead and summarize this one real quickly here. Brianna Hernandez-Silva would get the party started to Angel Amaras on a 34-yard uh, touchdown throw. Following that, when they got the ball back, uh, she would go ahead, uh, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, that is, would go ahead and complete a 41 passing yard touchdown to Angel Roman. And then when they would get the ball back, she would find Angel Roman one more time for a 10-yard passing touchdown, taking a pretty early 19-0 lead here. Now, Reinhardt would go ahead and get a long passing touchdown but it really wouldn't matter as Kansas Wesleyan would respond with a longer passing touchdown of their own. Uh, specifically, Brianna Hernandez-Silva finding uh, DeCure once more on a 39-yard strike. Uh, that would go ahead and basically seal this one. Uh, well, DeCure would also get a, a little end-around play that would go for 21 yards. A nice little rushing touchdown making it a 32-6 game. And that would be the final score. Kansas Wesleyan beating Reinhardt. 32 to 6. Uh, real quick, want to shout out Kansas Wesleyan's Instagram Live. Was really clear. Was able to see uh, actually a lot of the numbers and be able to make out who was scoring and all that great stuff for the most part. But let's talk stats real quick here. Kansas Wesleyan did get two interceptions, both by the freshman from Canada, uh, Shania Marape, I want to say. So there you go. Love to see the freshman getting active there. And then Alexa Mansur, friend of the podcast, had five flagpoles. That would go ahead and lead that squad in that game. But 
once more. I gotta say, the player of the game has to be Brianna Hernandez-Silva. A very sharp game, 12 of 19 for 171 passing yards and 4 passing touchdowns. This time only had 17 rushing yards, but, you know, 4 touchdowns is 4 touchdowns. Love to see that as KWU 2-0 on the road here well on the road in tennessee here two and one on the season but gotta love taking care of business against two first year programs and uh getting it done on the road trip now let's go ahead and talk about the last game of the day here at east tennessee campbellsville versus midland both their second game here um by the way just throwing this out there marissa rankin starting a quarterback for campbellsville here and she will get the party started with a 61 yard touchdown throw to alexis thomas to go ahead and take the 6-0 lead and basically that would be the score at halftime here um Look, there's really not too much to talk about. Midland was kind of just struggling. A lot of missed throws, a couple of dropped passes. Uh, specifically, I, I believe this was right before halftime. Uh, they had Emily Farron here, the freshman, on a open deep pass that would have gashed this Campbellsville defense wide open and would have probably tied this one up and potentially give them the lead if they got the conversion but unfortunately, uh, Yuani just overthrew this one, and uh, it was just a tough break. So there you go. But no worries, as eventually later on in this game, Angel Yuani would make up for it on a great corner throw here to Emily Farron to tie this thing up. Now, the conversion was no good. Good defense by Campbellsville. But if you are Midland, you take all the points you could get. Now, moving on later on in this game here, uh, Diva Jones, I believe, for Midland would get a big-time interception with less than five minutes to give them something to work with here. But unfortunately, Midland would drive the ball just a little bit. I believe they would get a first down before kind of just not being able to click at all. A couple incomplete passes would force a fourth down uh, where they would have to go ahead and give Campbellsville the ball back with less than two minutes left. But Campbellsville is not able to do anything with it either. And they would punt it back to Midland with about a minute to go here. Now Midland would get the first down. I believe this was a scramble. But just some inaccurate passes would uh, obviously be incomplete. And then there you go. That's basically how uh, the regulation of this game went. And so we are going into overtime here between Midland and Campbellsville and this is how it would go down in OT Midland starts with the ball but they just struggled to get something going and they just couldn't score on all four downs and so there we go it is Campbellsville's chance to go ahead and pull off an upset all they need to do is score and they get really close it comes down to a fourth down in one situation on the goal line but Cheyenne Duran for Midland comes to the rescue and gets a clutch flag pull to go ahead and force double overtime and in double overtime Midland gets the ball here and Angel Yuani on the first play finds Jocelyn Lopez for the win for the score and just like that Midland wins in double OT grinding out a tough one 12 to 6 against the first year program now uh let's talk some stats here you want to hear completed 18 to 29 passes for 82 yards two touchdowns with the interception 
Uh, Jocelyn Lopez, though, hauled in six catches for 28 receiving yards, also including that game-winning touchdown. I believe she also had 43 rushing yards as well. Casey Thompson, she caught six passes, racked up 27 yards here. Uh, Emily Farron had that one touchdown reception. Defensively, it was Naomi Rupina uh, Tao, I want to say, who was the leading tackler with six Casey Thompson right behind her with four, and then Amari Carroll with three here. Now, before I talk player of the game, I do want to read out some Campbellsville stats here while I can. So, Campbellsville went ahead and, uh, well, actually, oh, yeah, sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. They started Marissa Rankin. They did give Angeline Beecher one pass attempt to look like here, but Rankin kind of had a tough time going. 26 attempts, only completed eight of those passes, though, but still for 113 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, lead rusher was Presley Payne with 24 rushing yards. The lead receiver was Alexis Thomas with three receptions, 80 yards, and that receiving touchdown, most of that coming on that big time 61 yard receiving touchdown to start the game now on defense it did relatively well uh jc harper led them with five tackles also had an interception um you also had presley Payne with four tackles on your showers with three tackles and a sack in this game so there you go but just kind of a tough go for Campbellsville, not quite able to finish this one. I mean, it is their second game of the season. But you know what? They'll be going back home to Kentucky, where Midland will actually be following them home to go ahead and play them on Saturday. Uh, that is at the time I'm recording this tomorrow, March 4th, 2023, which we will talk about on this episode once that game has happened. But for now, Midland. Uh, going ahead and starting the season 2-0, including with this double overtime 12-6 win here. And, oh, my bad. I almost forgot player of the game. Player of the game, I think this is pretty obvious. Has to go to Jocelyn Lopez. Six receptions, 28 yards, one receiving touchdown, the one to win it. Also, four rushes, 43 rushing yards, and a tackle on defense. Gotta love that. Some really good football to start out this week three. Okay, now let's move on and talk about the games from March 4th, Saturday here. Starting with a Sun Conference matchup, Florida Memorial at Thomas. Um, just a couple notes here. Thomas, I don't believe, had Giselle Jones or Kiana Akol for this game. And then just a general note for the Sun Conference, I believe today was the last day to have games before spring break and so there will be a little bit of a break going into next week here after this uh, weekend here but let's go ahead and start thomas they have the ball here they do initially get a first down but eventually go three and out here and punt the ball on fourth down uh, just a couple incompletions one was a drop and then a couple misfires there and so florida memorial takes over haley stanton in at quarterback but they don't get too much going either as they also go three and out here um just a couple quick gains that you know did end with haley stanton getting sacked by 
I believe Janae Scott here on third down, which would make it a uh, fourth down that they had to punt on. So there you go. So Thomas, they do get the ball back and uh, they get a pretty good return here. Janae Scott returning it just up to midfield, just before midfield. Uh, but here's what happens here on first down. Uh, Alexa Wilson goes ahead and throws the check down to Janae Scott, who gets the first down this time past midfield. But then a couple plays later here, Wilson goes ahead and throws the post route, I believe, to Brittany Delva, who gets a big-time touchdown for Thomas to get on the board. Uh, following that, Wilson will then find Margarita Pena, who gets the extra point, making it a 7-0 lead with about 4 minutes, 56 seconds left now fmu they get the ball back here i believe they initially get a first down but they go ahead and go three and out here uh just you know thomas bringing the pressure not allowing any deep plays here they do bring in howell for that double quarterback action but doesn't quite work out there uh, she, I believe uh, she does throw the out route uh, one pass to Erica Johnson on this drive but it is pulled short here and so good defense once again by Thomas not allowing much at all once again and so three and out once more and then here we go back on offense here for Thomas but it doesn't go extremely well here as on the first play of this drive, Deja Fanning gets a big time sack. Following that, there are a couple incompletions. One was just an overthrown ball. The other one was a weird miscommunication. Both receivers, I don't think, knew who was supposed to run that route there. Uh, like I said, it was an it was a miscommunication and it did end up being incomplete and so thomas would actually go three and out here and then to start the second quarter uh fmu would actually sub in howl at quarterback basically for the rest of this game for the majority of this game taking out haley stanson here opting to go with um the quarterback that is a little bit more mobile but here's how it goes down here a couple plays in it is fourth down and a couple yards here um after some uh scrambles by how and then here we go fourth down how she goes ahead and evades pressure once more and goes ahead and sprints past midfield getting the first down so that would be big time a couple plays after that uh it is third down they go ahead and call a direct snap to kayla mcduffie who gives them another first down this time in the red zone their first trip of the day here but unfortunately a couple plays later how i believe is trying to throw this dig route i think uh it's over the middle of the field but kiara knight jumps this one and gets a big time interception for thomas to go ahead and kill those chances Speaking of Thomas, here's how their next offensive drive goes. Wilson finds Knight here on the slant, who spins out of a tackle and gets a first down, putting them past midfield there. A uh, couple plays later, uh, Wilson then throws the post route over the middle to Nakara Brown. It looks like to be slightly late, but it is accurately thrown, thrown a good spot for Brown to kind of shield it from the defender. And this goes for a pretty good gain of about 20 or so yards that also puts them in the red zone with a fresh set of downs. But 
Fast forward a couple plays, it's now fourth and inches at the goal at the goal line. Um, this happens around the two minute warning, and so coming out of the two minute warning, it is fourth down and inches. And here is what happens: Wilson gets the snap and is immediately under pressure, so she makes the decision and run towards the front left pylon. Outruns the defender and walks in for the touchdown, taking a nice 13-0 lead. Following that, Wilson under pressure uh, is forced to left, but she goes ahead and throws it to a wide-open wide receiver who toe-taps it in. That gives them a 14-0 lead. Now, uh, FMU with a chance to go ahead and drive down the field. They do get a couple big plays, including uh, a fourth down and six situation where Howell evades the pressure and throws it up to Erica Johnson, who comes down with an excellent catch and great coverage for a huge gain that puts them uh, in the red zone for a first down pass midfield. This was a big time 20 plus, 30 plus yard uh, gain that actually put them on the five with the fresh set of downs here but you know jada reese really turned up the pressure here getting her second sack in this game and then forcing her out uh left i believe on third down and uh that would end up being incomplete and then following that on fourth down reese would force her out of the pocket where how would be forced to throw the check down to avoid the sack and that would easily be cleaned up and so thomas holding on to a really good 14 to 0 lead going into the uh third quarter here excuse me the second half where florida memorial would go ahead and pick it up here with the football to start on offense but unfortunately they would go three and out jada reese just turning up the pressure all the way wrecking havoc getting her third and fourth sack on this three and out basically forcing it almost all by herself here and so thomas would get the ball back here with a chance to make it a three score game and so here is what happens here uh after a play where wilson goes ahead and takes off left and it looks like she almost gets the first down but maybe gets shoved or something happens regardless there is a personal foul thrown on fmu that makes it a first down and also puts uh thomas in the red zone just like that about 10 yards out and here's what happens eventually it comes down to a fourth down play here well uh wilson goes ahead and drops back and then throws a strike to nakara brown between a couple defenders in a big time touchdown to go ahead and give thomas the 20 to 0 lead here now wilson does get sacked on the extra point but the damage is done they now lead by three scores so boom there you go there now florida memorial would get the ball but nothing good would come out of this one as uh, thomas gets a pretty quick turnover here couldn't quite see who got it but regardless they got the turnover and so here's what happens uh, i believe they are on the edge of the red zone and a couple plays in here they are on the edge of the red zone it's about fourth and short here 
Doesn't matter as Wilson goes ahead and rolls out right before lofting a nice throw to Kiara Knight who is pretty wide open. Uh, Wilson got pretty much strung out towards the sideline but she lofts a good throw here. Knight catches it and then burns this defense pretty badly for a 20 plus yard touchdown there making it a 26 to 0 game and at this point it is basically over here. Thomas would go on and get the shutout and win 40-0 in a big-time game. Uh, I mean, when that last score came in the third quarter, you know, they would go ahead and take out uh, Wilson and put in the starter from last year, Shelby Hartley, who would toss two really good touchdowns as well, basically in garbage time. So it was like 40-0 to zero with 7 or 8 minutes left here. Uh, this offense clicking really well here, and Thomas... Getting their third win of a third win, excuse me, in a row, staying undefeated. Uh, coming out of spring break on Monday, they will be playing Campbellsville in Kentucky. Before now, they go into spring break three and zero. Gotta feel good about this game here. They not only took care of business, but they played probably their best game all season, uh, which makes them really scary when talking about potential because FMU doesn't even have that bad of a defense, but they were still able to put 40 here. Uh, everything was clicking here for Alexa Wilson, who had four touchdowns, played a really clean game, honestly played her best game so far this season, and this is a pretty good omen of things to come. Obviously, always good to see Shelby Hartley get out there, do her thing. She got two really good touchdowns, so, you know, just keep an eye out there. They got two really good quarterbacks there, uh, so that's big time for Thomas. And then this defense, I mean, allowing zero points, they were going crazy here. Jada Reese turning up the pressure throughout this game. I mean, I couldn't quite find how many sacks she had here. Um... See, I pulled up the stats here, and it's kind of cut off just barely here. But Jada Reese had a number of sacks here, like four or five, I want to say, at least in this one. Two of them came on a three and out there, which was huge. But, you know, she played great, and this defense obviously played great, even then shorthanded without a Cole and Giselle Jones. Which, you know, add those two and you have a much stronger team, obviously. But players of the game, I think I got to go with the two of them for this one for Thomas. Jada Reese, obviously going crazy, uh, not allowing any pressure here. And FMU just not being able to find an answer to her despite switching quarterbacks a couple times. So there you go there. And then Alexa Wilson uh, playing a great game on offense here, uh, really making the most of all out of all of their opportunities so there you go there thomas once more wins 40 to 0 improves to 3-0 on the season now let's go ahead and go down to florida and talk about the next game here kaiser versus saint thomas uh kaiser with only one loss on the season in that very close game against thomas where they lost 0 to 7 saint thomas after winning their first game here uh 0 2 here basically losing to thomas 18 to 26 and then getting blown out by weber 37 to 14 so definitely looking to bounce back in this one and you know on the last episode we talk about maybe there being some quarterback changes 
there were. They go ahead and they rolled with Holly Near at quarterback. She played a lot of the games last year, started for them last year, and did a solid job. And so she would pull the start against Kaiser. And so here's how it went down. St. Thomas actually started with the ball. They would get the first down here near finding uh, Kayla Alvarez on the drag route there. But couple incompletions later, uh, a short gain on third down would result in a three and out here where they would have to punt it to Kaiser. And so Kaiser with the football, the first first possession, excuse me, of the game here. Here's how it goes down. Jasmine Roden, the quarterback, finds Adriana Rodriguez on the short throw who goes ahead and gets the first down past midfield. Couple plays later, it is third and eight here. Jasmine Roden rolls out left, finds Kennedy Foster, who makes a nice extension and snag near the boundaries here, and goes ahead and turns up field and gets the first down, putting them in the red zone, the first one of the day. Now, a couple plays after that, it is fourth and inches here. Kaiser looking for a score, and here's what happens. Jasmine Roden drops back and then squeezes this football into a very tight window, finding Kennedy Foster, who makes a physical catch and falls into the end zone for the touchdown there. A big-time score for Kaiser. Following that, they will get the extra point here. Roden finding Chloe Griffin on the drag route, taking that 7-0 lead. Now, we go ahead and we have St. Thomas here. Uh, there is a play where Holly Near on second down throws the post rod, but Adriana Cavallotti is there and basically drops a wide open interception. Obviously, she wasn't expecting it to be directly towards her. Doesn't matter though, as Holly would then find Kayla Alvarez on the slant route for the first down, and that's how St. Thomas would go ahead and get started here in the second quarter. But here in the second quarter, uh, here's what happens. It is third down. Holly Near finds a Kaylee Miller. Throws a dot on the post route, who then gets out to the races, and uh, it's basically a foot race at this point, but she is just barely pulled down at the one there. And so that is now well they are now in the red zone after that huge 30 plus yard gain and so here we go it is second down a play later here and here's what happens they go ahead and put jada graham in motion and she gets the ball on the end around and walks into the end zone for the touchdown making it a seven to six game here now the first extra point attempt uh they had to redo because there was a pi throw on kaiser doesn't matter though as Maya bryant for kaiser gets a great pull on the end around there and so kaiser maintains the lead here uh going into this one um, or going on into this game, but here's what happens on the offensive drive next. Jasmine Roden on the first down play tries to throw the out route. It's a little bit late here, but the freshman Dominique Parks goes ahead and makes her pay for that mistake and jumps this one, grabs the interception, and almost runs it to the house luckily her flag is pulled just before she could break free there but definitely gets a big time interception that puts them in the red zone and so in the red zone a couple plays later it's third and inches holly near evades the pressure and finds tiffany walker in the back of the end zone on a nice throw giving saint thomas the 12 to 7 lead incompletion is no good there but they still got the lead and so 
Now down in this game, Kaiser takes over on offense. Here's what happens. They do get a first down here. Uh, St. Thomas Stone for a personal foul, which is what gave them that first down. So there you go. But following that, Roden pitches it to Sophia Caprio, the freshman, who catches it on the drag route, gives them a first down past midfield there. So there you go. After a nice Kennedy Foster slant catch, it is second down here. And here's what happens. Jasmine Roden rolls out right and throws a dot off platform on the money to Chloe Griffin downfield who gets behind the St. Thomas defense. Uh, the defender not taking the best angle here. And she goes ahead and scores on a huge 20-plus yard touchdown play. Just like that, Kaiser retaking the lead 13-12. On the extra point, Jasmine Roden, under pressure, comes back to her check down after going through her reads and finds Emma Wagman over the middle who gets them the extra point. And just like that, they now lead 14-12. to 12. Following that, though, uh, St. Thomas will try to get something going, but a big-time Reagan Pellegrino sack on third down would force fourth down there uh, for St. Thomas and they would actually eventually punt it. So there you go. But Kaiser is not able to do anything either. Uh, low throw. Then they have a completion. It goes for about five yards. But following that, Roden kind of just misses an open pass left here. And so that actually gives St. Thomas the ball back with 47 seconds left. But they are not able to do much with that. Aren't able to do anything as it stays at 14-12 going into the third quarter now here in the third quarter it was pretty quiet here uh nobody scored here in fact actually here's what happens kaiser they are forced to punt after initially getting the first down on the first play here so there you go there now st thomas they are uh, they do get a couple first downs actually get a first down in the red zone where Holly near finds Kaylee Miller on a nice out route that puts them in the red zone and then it comes down to a fourth down situation but unfortunately Holly near she is under pressure she is forced to throw it to Tiffany Walker who is stopped short that was her check down there and so she was stopped short of the end zone there uh scoring on that play would have obviously given st thomas the lead so that is kind of tough now kaiser they do get the ball back do get a couple first downs before uh heading into the fourth quarter and here in the fourth quarter it is third down a plays a couple plays in and jasmine roden rolls out right and finds marissa rubino near the sideline who gets them a first down in the red zone there but St. Thomas, they're making it work, making them work. And so once again, it is fourth down in the red zone here. Here's what happens. Jasmine Roden finds Chloe Griffin on the slant over the top of the defense here. Waits for her to clear the zone. Gets her the football on a nice throw. And just like that, Kaiser takes the 20-12 to 12 lead. Uh, Roden does try to throw it to Kennedy Foster for the extra point. But Dominique Parks knocks it down here. And so, here we go. St. Thomas, they got to find a way to score. And so, here's what happens. They get a first down to start this drive. Uh, Holly Near finding Jada Graham on the hitch route. That will get them a first down. But, 
couple plays in. It's a fourth and one here near midfield. Here's what happens. They call an RPO here, which Holly Near runs, and she throws it to Kaylee Miller on the drag route, who gets them a first down past midfield. And a couple more, actually. This was a really good gain for St. Thomas. Now, the next first down they would get would actually come on a hard count here where she would pull a Kaiser defender offside. So that would give them an automatic first down in the red zone with a chance to potentially uh, get on the board and potentially tie this thing up pending the extra point. But right now it's first down in the red zone. Here's what happens. Holly Neer throws to Kaylee Miller. This one is deflected. That brings up second down here. And that's when the two-minute warning hits. But following that, it's second down here. Uh, near, she checks down to Parks, who gets a solid gain, but it's still about third and ten here in the red zone. So third and ten, near, she finds Tiffany, Tiffany, excuse me, Walker on the drag route, who appears to walk into the end zone after kind of what looks like to be a pick play there. But the refs to go ahead and call that though a penalty on the offense that pushes them back that obviously hurts here and so it's third down again but they are pushed a couple of yards back and so here we go third down number four Samai Brown for Kaiser gets a huge breakup over the middle that would force a fourth down situation and here on fourth down Holly Near takes a shot to Tyler Bryant who's in one-on-one -on -one, and it looks like she actually has a leverage here but Sydney Woodman for Kaiser comes to the rescue gets an Excellent pass break up here that forces a turnover on downs, and that would be game. Kaiser sweating a close one out here, but still winning 20 to 12, improving to 3 and 1 on the season. I believe this is actually the first uh, dub since that loss to Thomas. So, boom, there. You go there, they lost to Thomas last week. Now, St. Thomas did not play bad. Honestly, it came down to a couple possessions in the red zone. They obviously had that last one in the fourth quarter. Um, but they also had a red zone possession here in the third quarter where they were just not able to get it done there. And so, it's a tough go if you're St. Thomas. But... I think you like what you see out of your quarterback, Holly Neer, to probably go ahead and uh, give her another starting chance of moving forward after spring break. Now, if you're Kaiser, hey, you played a pretty clean game. I mean, they only had like two possessions really in the second half. The three, if you count them, you know, running out the clock at the end. But uh, they did the most. Uh, they played the best with what they had and, uh, you know, grinded out a close one here. And so... I gotta say, player of the game has to go to Jasmine Roden. Three passing touchdowns to this one. Obviously, threw that pick six there. Uh, if she didn't, then it wouldn't have been as close a game. But regardless, she still found a way to get it done. She bounced back really well, throwing a touchdown, I believe, after throwing that pick six, which obviously you love to see. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter, getting that clutch touchdown to Chloe Griffin, just being real patient, and then giving it to Griffin once she cleared there, that was big time. And so, another great performance by Jasmine Roden, added on to her resume for MVP this year. And yeah, there you go, Kaiser with the dub once more, 20-12 to 12 over St. Thomas. Now, we, before we talk about the last Sun Conference game, 
real quick we're gonna go to kentucky here out uh, a little bit more west and talk about this matchup between midland and campbellsville um they played earlier in tennessee this week as we talked about earlier on in this episode this is their second matchup this time in kentucky they also invited two-year college brian and strand to play which they did play them i'm probably not going to cover uh those i just want to cover this one as this was a pretty big time game for uh, both squads but i believe this was midland's third game of the season and then for campbellsville this was also their third game of the season interesting enough campbellsville did not play reinhardt when they were there so um, um, there you go but let's go ahead and talk about this game here uh, not too much really happened in the first half only big deal that happened is that uh, in the second quarter Presley Payne of Fort Campbellsville will get a nice run here rip off a really long game where she made multiple defenders miss it was at least a 20 to 30 yard rush here that would go ahead and put Campbellsville in the red zone and then a couple plays later on fourth down Marissa Rankin quarterback for Campbellsville throws a beautiful pass to the back of the end zone which Alexis Thomas comes down with uh, on a great snag to go ahead and take that lead six to zero and that's what it would be going into the second half of this game six to zero Campbellsville with that lead here um over Midland and so here we go in the third quarter here Campbellsville does start with the football third down Marissa Rankin takes a shot downfield but it's not the greatest though here and it's intercepted by Diva Jones of Midland who goes ahead and returns it uh, just enough to put Midland in the red zone here and so here is what happens couple plays into this drive it is I want to say third down again and four um, they just called a hold on Campbellsville so it's third down once more here half the distance to the goal line and Angel Yuani goes ahead and buys some time here before lofting it to the back of the end zone where all reliable Casey Thompson clears the zones and catches the touchdown toe tapping this one in tying this game with six minutes and 55 seconds left in the third following that Angel throws it into Double coverage for sure, but Emily Farron comes up with a strong catch here to go ahead and take that 7-6 lead. Now, um, here we go. It is Campbellsville football here. Marissa Rankin goes ahead and gets a first down on a designed quarterback run. But unfortunately, right after that, she goes deep once more. This time, it is kind of tipped up there, and it is intercepted by Aaliyah Livingston for Midland, who gets them the ball just near midfield here. So, boom, there you go there. Midland with the chance to extend their lead. And so here's what happens. Angel Yuani does get the first down past midfield by scrambling. So there you go. But a couple plays in. It is third and 14 under pressure. Angel throws a very ill-advised pass here. I, I don't know if she was trying to throw it out of bounds or if she thought maybe there was an out route there, which there wasn't. There was nobody there. But this one is just easily intercepted by Angeline Beecher, who goes ahead and gives Campbellsville the ball back here. Now... Uh, nothing really happens for the rest of this third quarter. It's in the fourth quarter. Still the same drive here for Campbellsville. 
third and 15 here's what happens Rankin drops back tries to throw the drag route but Casey Thompson just steps in front of this one here and intercepts it for Midland here near midfield and so Midland with the ball they have the one point lead they go ahead and sub in Michaela Nunez at quarterback previously played receiver for them but has played quarterback for them in the past couple of seasons at times regardless she is in um, basically for the rest of this game and here's what happens she goes ahead and runs it up the middle for a nice gain and a first down across midfield. A couple plays later, though, it is third and 24. Michaela Nunez, she drops back and throws it, uh, throws the corner out here. And it looks like she has the player open, but maybe it's slightly overthrown. On top of that, the receiver did get her hands on it, and she dropped it. And so that was a third down play. That forces fourth down, and so they punt it here uh, back to Campbellsville. And so here we go, Campbellsville with a chance in the fourth quarter to take the lead. Here's what happens. It's third and ten. Rankin drops back. She goes ahead and throws this football here. It looks like her receiver falls down uh, running this out route. And so Casey Thompson with no resistance at all goes ahead and intercepts another one. But this time takes it to the house for a big time touchdown big 40 or 50 yard touchdown there on the pick six there and then on the extra point Michaela Nunez that quarterback runs around before throwing the conversion to Emily Farron once more uh, who gets it and makes it a 14 to 6 lead still not quite out of reach for Campbellsville it's only an eight point lead but definitely not looking good considering all the interceptions here so far in the second half in this game in general and so Four minutes, 30 seconds left. They're trying to put something together. A holding penalty does give Campbellsville a first down. But a couple plays later, it is third and two here. After Rankin throws a high deep ball to Alexis Thomas, who catches this one, making it a third and two. And so they only need to get the first down, but it looks like Rankin gets a little greedy here, tries to go deep. It is severely underthrown, and this one is easily intercepted by Diva Jones once again, her second interception of the second half only, and goes ahead and gives Midland the ball. Now Midland, they're basically just trying to run out the clock here. Uh, eventually it does come down to a fourth down where they punt it, and at this point there was maybe 57.5 seconds left here, still a 14-6 to game, and so here we go. Last chance for Campbellsville. Rankin takes a shot deep and finds J.C. Harper in stride for a huge 20-plus yard gain. Just like that, it is first and 12 here uh, past midfield. About 40 se uh, seconds left in this game. They go ahead and try to throw deep again. It's incomplete. Second and 17, 29 seconds left here. Um, they call a false start on Campbellsville, so that kind of sucks there. But even then... There is an incompletion on this play. That brings up 3rd and 22 after the false start and incompletion. 3rd and 22 here. Rankin drops back, throws it, 
It looks like uh, this one is about to be intercepted. It's dropped, though. That brings up 4th and 22 here. And on 4th and 22, she has no choice but to take a shot deep into the red zone. This one is deflected, and that is that Midland goes ahead and wins 14-6 and starting, actually, a historical 3-0 start to their season here with wins over all first-year programs. 26-0 against Reinhardt, 12-6 in double overtime against Campbellsville, and then a 14-6 dub over Campbellsville here. All to start 3-0, at least against NAI opponents here. Uh, Campbellsville, I don't believe, has won a game yet. Some uh, kind of tougher matchups to start the season. There's definitely... You know, there, I would say there's definitely some optimism to be had. I mean, this is their first season, and so some things to work off of, but not too bad to bring it down to the wire once more against a team like Midland. But anyways, Midland, like I said, gets the dub 14-6. to Player of the game, in my opinion, I think has to be Casey Thompson here. Uh, I mean, she had two interceptions in the second half. She also had two touchdowns, one of those being a receiving touchdown that would go ahead and tie this game. And then the other one would be a pick six where she would go ahead and take or help take a 14-6 to lead there. And so there you go, Casey Thompson, the veteran, stepping up big time for Midland. All right, now let's go ahead and talk about the last game here in week three. We got Weber versus Warner here. Weber at number four um, in the country, according to our power rankings so far. Uh, Warner here, you know, not in a bad spot. I mean, they started one and one on the season, but have bounced back here, uh, winning that close one against FMU last week. And so let's go ahead and talk about it. Here's what happens. Warner starts out on offense here and Tingen gets the party started finding Cynthia Homs on the quick hitch route for the first down. Following that, Tingen then finds Trinity Kieran on the hitch route, but this time she breaks a couple tackles and gets a huge gain for almost 20 yards that gives Warner the first down past midfield. Not the greatest flag pulling by Weber in this situation, but couple plays in uh madison tension goes ahead and finds anna vincenzini on the corner here for the first down and that goes ahead and puts them in the red zone on a nice 20 yard gain here also gives them a fresh set of downs and a couple plays later it's second down and here's what happens tension throws the out round to cynthia homs who reaches for the touchdown and she gets it gets it scoring and taking the lead six to zero but it does not end there tension lofts a nice pass to the back of the end zone to homs who gets the extra point just like that they lead seven to zero now weber trying to respond back here a start out strong here throws it to uh caitlin sigmundy here who i then believe pitches it to another receiver who gets a first down but unfortunately a couple plays later it is third down here um follow just before this third down personal foul was thrown on warner so it's a pretty manageable third down here but anyways third down uh wilson tries to get it back to breeze robbins here throws it to breeze robinson that is but it is incomplete that brings up a fourth and five where they go ahead and decide to go for it but Wilson feels the pressure and tries to throw it to a receiver, but it's just not quite able to put enough power on this throw. And so it's incomplete, and that is a turnover on downs. Kind of not a good one. 
to have here as they take over past midfield. But here's what happens. Madison Tingen finds the freshman Andrea Castillo on the nice dig route for a nice first down on a gain of about 20 or so yards. That definitely puts them in the red zone. Following a short out route throw, it's second and 10. And here we go. Madison Tingen aims for the corner here. Throws a great ball to Anna Vincentini, who toe taps this one in on a beautiful play here. Warner taking a 13 to 0 lead. Wouldn't get the extra point, but still taking this two score lead. As if things couldn't get worse here for Weber, they would actually go three and out on the next play here. Um, incompletion on first down, an off-platform throw that's deflected. Heike almost picked, brings up third down. And then another drop pass brings up fourth. And so Warner gets the football here with a chance to go ahead and potentially take a three-score lead. And so let's go ahead and go into the second quarter here. It is third down where Madison Tingen takes a shot downfield to Michaela Michael. And this is just not a good angle taken by the Weber defender here as uh, she just misjudges this one badly and allows a big time 20 yard reception that puts them in the red zone. Following a check down to her center, it's second down. Tingen takes a shot into the end zone, which looks almost to be picked here. It looks like Kayla Burrows might get a one-handed interception, but it is bounced around. It is deflected, and it lands in Cynthia Holmes' hands here uh, pretty perfectly. And just like that, Warner takes a 19-0 lead. That kind of just shows how this game is going. Everything is going for Warner here except the extra point on this play which is deflected so there you go but they are still leading by three scores now weber in a desperate attempt to get back into this one here's what happens wilson checks down under pressure um her running back which i believe is emma blocko if i'm not mistaken goes ahead and gets the first down a couple plays later sam wilson takes a sidestep here Resets and takes a shot downfield to Hayden Roop, who brings in a huge 30-plus yard gain that puts them in the red zone with, obviously, a fresh set of flags. Now, following a personal foul thrown on Warner, it is first down here with half the distance to the goal line, and Sam Wilson runs this one in for the touchdown. Warner still has the 19-6 lead here um, after the extra point was no good. So there you go there. But here we go. Warner looking to potentially respond back here. They do get a first down here. Um, well, okay. Here, here's what happened. Sorry. There's an incompletion and then it's second down. Tingen tries to throw the post route here, but there is a huge collision here. Uh, Caitlin Sigmundy taking a pretty big shot along with Amiri Logan of Warner. And so, uh, there's, there's a lot going on here. They obviously throw a penalty. Both players are taken off the field here. Amiri Logan, I believe, would actually come back and continue to play, but Caitlin Sigmundy appears to be out which is a pretty big blow to weber here as she is their starting uh safety and probably the second option as a receiver or one of their better options at receiver and so there you go there that's a tough blow for weber on top of that they go ahead and call it a first down for warner uh not past midfield but still they're 
I guess it's just a first down. So there you go there. But it doesn't matter as eventually Tingen does throw it to Andrea Castillo, who does fall backwards on the curl route catch here and gets the first down past midfield. But unfortunately, a couple plays in, it's fourth down and three. They are on the edge of the red zone here. Madison Tingen, she tries to throw the curl route to an open receiver, but it's just not a good throw. Lands five or six yards short here, it looks like. And so that's a turnover on down to Weber, getting a little bit of a break here. But unfortunately, a big sack by Jashon Alliance to start this drive would not help out Weber, as that would actually eventually lead to them going three and out. And so just like that, Warner would get the football back in the waning minutes of this first half. And so then here's what happens. Madison Tingen throws the out route to Cynthia Holmes, who goes ahead and gets them a first down past midfield. A couple plays later, though, it is a fourth and one situation. Here's what happens. Tingen completes a short pass to Andrea Castillo for the first down. That puts them in the red zone, just like that. Now, let's move ahead a couple of seconds here. There's about five seconds left here in the, I believe it is, uh, the first half here. It's first and goal after there was a roughing the passer call thrown on Weber, which did give them a fresh set of downs. Regardless, though, this would be the last play of the first half here. And this is what happens. Madison Tingen throws a slant route to Amiri Logan, who's kind of getting held here. But she brings in a tough touchdown catch here. Great ball. And, and just like that, Warner extends their lead 25-6 to six here. Not being able to get the extra point, but still extending their lead regardless going into the second half. Now, in the third quarter, not too much happens here. Weber does try to get something going. They do get a first down to start their drive, but eventually, after a couple deflections and short checkdowns, they are forced to punt it to Warner, who uses up a lot of the time here. Actually, um, they go ahead and put in a new quarterback to start this game, Andrea Rodriguez from Panama, the freshman and she would drive them into the red zone there. Uh, Jenna Marrero getting them a first down, by the way, to put them in the red zone. But, unfortunately, they could not get anything going here. And they would actually, that would actually result in a turnover on downs. Still, though, a 25-6 game. Clock is ticking. There's about three minutes left uh, here in the third quarter. Wilson, she does get... Uh, well, Wilson in the offense does get a couple first downs. Uh, one was a second down play where they would go ahead and pitch it. That player would get the first down. And then following that, uh, her center would get them a first down on the dump off throw. Basically, that's all that happened in the third quarter. It is the fourth quarter here. And so here's what happens. Weber trying to still put something together. A low pass is incomplete. So now it's third down. On third down, Wilson is forced to check down to her center again after feeling some pressure. And so now it is fourth down, actually. And so fourth down, Wilson goes ahead and finds Caleb Burrows on the quick hitch route, who gets the first down. And that also puts them in 
the red zone. A play later, it is second down here. Sam Wilson goes over the middle on the slant to Hayden Roop, who goes ahead and slides out of a couple tackles and slides right into the end zone for that touchdown, making it 25-12. to Now, the conversion is dropped, though, and so it stays there. And then Warner decides to put back in Madison Tingen just, you know, to be safe because the game's obviously not over yet. And here's what happens. They do get a first down here on a check down to Jenna Marrero. Following that, Madison Tingen takes a, a deep shot here to Amiri Logan, who brings in this pass on a great throw and takes it to the house on a huge 40-plus yard touchdown it's now 30 to 12. This one's basically over. They don't even get the extra point, but it is over here. Warner goes ahead and gets a big time upset win. 31 to 18 over number four, Weber. Weber, on the other hand, drops to, I believe, two and two on the season after uh, just a tough performance. Uh, look. It obviously wasn't their game, and it also doesn't help that Caitlin Sigmundy had to, you know, sub out as well because uh, I believe she got injured, and hopefully she's doing well. But you know, they did find themselves in a pretty bad hole even before that injury, and so gotta play more consistent and better than that. It is what it is. Uh, still though, good dub by Warner here. Uh, so we'll see what happens moving forward here, but Warner. Obviously getting a huge win here, 31-18. Player of the game, I think, has to go to Madison Tingen. I mean, she had five passing touchdowns. Played a pretty good game, I would say, here all around. So, gotta love that. Alright, well, let's go ahead and move on to our Playmaker of the Week. I want to talk about all the player of the games first. Because uh, there were a lot of games here. So, I'm just going to start from the top here. But starting with this Midland versus Reinhardt game, I think the player of the game is out of that one is pretty easy. Has to be Casey Thompson. I mean, three receptions, 18 yards, one receiving touchdowns, two tackles, and a pick in a pretty good game there. A lot of contributors in that one, though. But I think Casey Thompson definitely uh, earned that one there. Moving on, though, to Campbellsville versus Kansas Wesleyan. Uh, this one is pretty easy in my opinion here. Kansas Wesleyan's quarterback, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, 110 of 18 for 185 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, seven rushes, 44 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. That's five TDs in that game and no turnovers in a big time bounce back dub after last week's loss to Ottawa. So that was huge. Uh, kind of staying with Kansas Wesleyan. They would also play Reinhardt here. And I think it has to also be Brianna Hernandez-Silva in that game. She was 12 of 19, 171 yards, four passing touchdowns, and two rushes for 17 yards. Uh, just so that the listeners at home know, that is nine total touchdowns in two games there to go ahead and uh, improve the record to 2-1 and one on the day. Now, uh, then there's Campbellsville versus Midland, the double overtime game. I think this one is pretty obvious as well. Player of the game, Jocelyn Lopez, six receptions, 28 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. Uh, that was the one to win the game, by the way. She also had uh, 43 rushing yards on only four rushes and a tackle all big time there. 
Now moving on to this FMU versus Thomas game. Went ahead and chose two for this one. Jada Reese and Alexa Wilson. Now I don't have the specific stats here, but I do have the ones that matter. Alexa Wilson, four touchdowns, no turnovers. Best game so far in her young career. Then Jada Reese, per usual, putting in work at least four sacks. Definitely more though, because there was one drive where she had like two. So there you go there. But the Thomas duo, um, I feel like they both deserve player of the game for that big time win over FMU. Which, by the way, is the biggest margin of victory they've had over them so far. Now, moving on to Kaiser versus St. Thomas here. I think player of the game has to be Jasmine Roden. I mean, three passing touchdowns. Did throw that one uh, pick there. But what does matter is that she did lead a pretty good drive to go ahead and win this game. Or at least seal this game when she did throw that final touchdown to Chloe Griffin. Plus, she bounced back pretty well after that interception against a pretty tough St. Thomas squad who took their best shot, in my opinion. So, boom, there you go. Jasmine Roden once more. Uh, winning player of the game, that Kaiser game. And then in this last Midland versus Campbellsville game here. Um, well, not last one. Sorry, second to last one. I think it definitely has to go to Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson. I mean, she came up clutch this game, to be honest with you. Not only did she have that catch to go ahead and tie this game, and this was a pretty close game, but she had two interceptions in the second half. One of those was a big-time interception to go ahead and shut down the drive, obviously. Then the other one was an interception to the house, you know, that she uh, got, which, I mean, it's the second pick six she has been a part of so far this season. And so Casey Thompson definitely making a case for herself here. But player of the game for that one, for sure. Just want to make sure I recognize her. And then in this Weber versus Warner game, a pretty pivotal game, I would say, for Warner. I think it's very obvious that uh, Madison Tingen is the player of the game. I mean, five passing touchdowns. Also won 23 of 30 for 270 yards. Played a really clean football game and it wasn't like she was just targeting one opponent i mean two of her receivers had two touchdowns here and they were pretty good throws obviously great plays but i think this is also one of her best games so far um not only this season definitely this season but in her career as well in the upset win over weber for playmaker of the week I can only pick one athlete, and it's this was a really tough one, because uh, there were so many great games. There were some athletes that I think really contributed to, you know, these wins from this last weekend, but also pivotal wins that I feel like might change how the rest of the season goes, because momentum is everything. I think I'm gonna have to go with Kansas Wesleyan's quarterback. Brianna Hernandez Silva. I mean, look, nine touchdowns without two games. That's big time. Obviously, it was against uh, first-year programs, but here's the thing. You know, you really can't count any program out, especially if you haven't played them before and you really don't know what you're looking uh, towards. And so, uh, I got to go with Brianna Hernandez Silva. I mean, look, the stats are absolutely insane. And plus, she played really clean 
and good football, which is to be expected, but uh, is definitely big for Kansas Wesleyan team that kind of got cut checked last week against Ottawa here. But I mean, once more, 10 of 18. This is against Campbellsville. 185 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Also had three rushing touchdowns and 44 rushing yards. Then against Reinhardt, 12 of 1971 yards, four touchdowns, passing touchdowns, I believe. And then two rushes for 17 yards. Can't argue with stats, you know, and on top of that, can't argue with wins. They're now 2-1 after starting 0-1 this season. But, yeah, there you go. I'm going to have to go with Brian Hernandez-Silva. Like I said, this was a real tough one. Uh, Madison Tingen was definitely up there. Um, I had to look back at some of those throws specifically. I know there was the one that kind of bobbled around. And so, even then, she would have thrown five touchdowns if you took that one away. Or, sorry, four touchdowns if you took that one away. But I think uh, I had to give the edge to Brianna Hernandez-Silva in this one. Casey Thompson was definitely uh, someone that I had to keep in mind because she won them, uh, won Midland these games, I feel. So that is obviously huge and definitely something to keep an eye on. Jasmine Roden is always in the running here. Thomas is always up there, but at this point, I mean, Thomas really should beat FMU this uh yeah this bad they, Thomas is the best team or one of the best teams in the Sun Conference so I feel like that is fair to say but like I said I had to go with Brianna Hernandez Silva on this one she had herself a nice uh not even weekend a nice Thursday I would say and uh, just did a good job leading this team and playing really clean football and making it happen for them so boom there you go your week three playmaker of the week is Brianna Hernandez Silva. All right, now let's go ahead and talk power rankings. There's a pretty big shakeup this weekend. Um, just in case, I guess, you didn't know what the power rankings were. They were the same these last two weeks. I mean, not everyone played, so there's that. But just so that you remember, at 13 here, it was basically a three-way tie between Reinhardt, Bethel, and Campbellsville. Obviously, we can't rank somebody that we haven't seen play before um, and that hasn't played a game yet, but specifically, they have both of those, so there you go. Uh, we ranked them after that, after their games this weekend, though. Then you got Milligan at 12, Cotty at 11, uh, FMU at 10, Midland at 9, University of St. Mary at 8, Warner at 7, Kansas Wesleyan here at 6, 5 St. Thomas uh, four Weber, three Kaiser, two Thomas, and then number one is Ottawa, as expected. But a lot of shakeups, and so let's kind of start here from the bottom and go from there. All right, and so here at 15, we're gonna put Bethel. I, we're not gonna hold it to them that they haven't played. Obviously, there's gonna be opportunities for them to play. They just quite haven't played yet, and so for now, they are at 15. At 14. Uh, we're gonna put Reinhardt, you know, they had some really tough games I, I also kind of wish they played against Campbellsville a fellow, you know, one-year program I think that obviously would have helped but unfortunately they did it and they lost a Pretty good amount here. They lost the Kansas Wesleyan 32 to 6 and then they also lost to Midland 26 so 
just not the greatest games and we did watch those games as well not a whole ton going for them um but that could be expected out of a first year program you got to figure out positions i know i did read out that stat line that they did try a couple different quarterbacks i know they eventually settled on one we'll see how that goes it's still a very long season that is only really day one of the regular season so um you know it is what it is but for now we we're gonna put them at 14 at 13 is Milligan. I mean, look, this is a team that we got to watch play last year. This year, they were supposed to play on Thursday, but obviously rain and stuff uh, made that not possible, which is very unfortunate here. Um, personally, I have them a little bit farther back here. I have Reinhardt in front of them, but, you know, me and Cody, we compromised. This is what we came up with. And so, boom, there you go. Milligan's at 13. At 12, though, is Campbellsville. And look, I mean, they obviously that game against Kansas Wesleyan was not close. I mean, 30 to 0, they lost. But we're looking at the two games they played against Midland. First off, one went into double overtime. The other one, a couple days later, which was in Campbellsville in Kentucky, I mean, they only lost, what, like 14 to 6? And. Even that they were making kind of a lot of mistakes. But here's the thing about Campbellsville. Watching their games, uh, or their games, I guess. They have a pretty good amount of talent. Angeline Beecher, like you know, we said in our season preview, has obviously been a big part of this. Marissa Rankin, I think, is a solid quarterback. I mean, some of her deep passes could, you know, be a little bit better. Uh, she could get a little bit more discipline and whatnot. But that's what happens when you're a first-year starting college quarterback there's gonna be some of those growing pains especially in a first year program that's not really established you could expect that but what matters is that the potential is definitely there uh she just gotta get better you know every week that's how this thing goes not every week is gonna be pretty you know and so uh, she's gonna have to adjust to the speed of the game and all that great stuff we'll see how that goes on top of that they have two athletes that I want to make sure that y'all know about right now because I think they're going to be pretty big time here. Presley Payne is one of them. And then the other one is Alexis Thomas. I believe both of them are from Kentucky and they're pretty exceptional. Uh, Thomas has really emerged as their wideout one. And I think they got a wideout one in her for sure. And then Presley Payne, I mean, they do run some really interesting sets where they do run the ball a little bit. They have some sort of option or whatever. And to be honest with you, they could even add a couple more creases by allowing that player who gets the pitch to throw it. But whatever, that's just me, you know. Um, but they're two really good athletes. And they impressed. And they're definitely uh, players that you got to look out for. Just being real, Campbellsville has a good amount going for them. Those close wins against Midland are very, very encouraging. I know Midland, they played Milligan, who is ranked just below Campbellsville last year, and they blew them out. It was not this close. So, there you go. Now, at 11, moving on, at 11 is Cotty here. Did not play. I mean, they beat Fort Scott. That's good to see, and it looks like uh, Karula here is their quarterback. Amaya Karula is their quarterback. Love to see that, you know, definitely love to see that. Uh, they're going to be playing or starting their KCAC schedule here soon, either this week or next week, and it's going to be interesting to see how they stack up here. But regardless, I really like this Fort Scott win. I'm not weighing it too much here. Um... 
because I actually, to be honest with you, uh, Cotty was ranked, what, 11? I mean, they were here last week as well and the week before that as well, which is fine. You know, that's definitely fine. But obviously, always good to see them start here at 1-0. Always good to see a team start at 1-0 and get a good confidence booster to start. But we'll see what they got against their conference opponents here as that will heat up. At number 10, we got FMU. I uh, did not mention this on the recap here, but FMU actually got their first win of the season against Fort Lauderdale, who they beat 19-0. to Now, they've lost to all their conference opponents. Some of these have definitely been closer. I mean, look, uh, let me just name off these first three games. Kaiser. Easily number two or number one, depending on who you ask, in the Sun Conference. Only lost to them 20-0. to Going into that fourth quarter, it was like 14-0 to or something like that. That's a doable win. Against Weber, another close win here. Or sorry, close loss here. They lost to them 20-7. to That was a one-score game as well, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. I'll pull that one out. Against Warner, you lost 21-19. to That's a two-point loss. And Warner just blew out Weber. So... There you go there. Can't be mad at that. Now against Thomas, you were outmatched. That's just, sometimes that's just how it goes. And it wasn't your day either. You know, but Thomas, I mean, they have a great defense. We've been known that. And it was really only a matter of time before their offense was clicking. Unfortunately, it just happened to be against Florida Memorial. And so with all that being said, technically right now, FMU is 1-5. But you have some close games. Also, you're not winless. You do have this win against Fort Lauderdale. But I, I don't think they're NAI. Or I was confused at least because they're not listed on the website and all that stuff. And I don't know. I, I don't know what's up with that. But still though. Got the dub, alright, played some close games, obviously had a tough game against Thomas, I think that definitely warrants them being right here at 10, I mean, they've been at 10, you know, and so we're not punishing them just yet, but obviously, you know, if Cotty, Campbellsville, Milligan, Reinhard Bethel start winning more games and whatnot, I mean, wins, they, they speak, they speak, that's just how it goes, right, so, boom, there you go there now at number nine and this was kind of tough but we put the university of saint mary they have not played yet uh they will play this week i'm pretty sure against midland on wednesday this will be releasing on monday so in two days they'll be playing them um university of saint mary actually moved back just a little bit but that's because the team moved up and I think that's fair to say that this team deserves to move up after what happened. Uh, we'll see how they do, but they could definitely make a pretty good statement here by beating Midland, which, you know, is a slight little rivalry that they got going on there. And, and plus, you know, they do have a new head coach. I think they'll have a new quarterback as well this game. And so we'll just have to see how this game goes. But if they beat Midland, that is definitely worth moving them up. For now, we got to make room for the teams that have played games and won games, at least at this point in our power rankings. I think that's fair to say. Now, just ahead of them, you could probably guess it. It's number eight, Midland here. I mean, look, right now, Midland is actually technically... 4-0 because they played Reinhardt uh, once who they beat 26-0 pretty handedly as they should 
a good confidence booster there. And they had two kind of heart attack games against Campbellsville. Um, can't call it a rivalry because Campbellsville needs to beat them. But, you know, 12-6 to in double overtime against the first-year program. 14-6 to uh, against Campbellsville. Here's the thing. A win's a win. <laughs> They're 3-0. That's what matters, at least in NAI play. Technically 4-0 because they did play Brian and Shannon College, but they're a two-year program. Um, they still beat him 33-0 pretty handedly here. So the only team they've really struggled against is Campbellsville, which probably tells you how close some of these power rankings are, uh, especially on this back end. I guess the front end as well. But that's kind of just where midland is right now now they do play university of st mary here on the eighth in my opinion that's another game that they should probably be favored with i don't know why they would lose that game but you know anything could happen we'll see for now though midland goes ahead and uh, they're moving up here they're right here at eight now just ahead of them at seven is kansas wesleyan uh look Obviously, after uh, last week, you know, we did not choose to move them down here. I think we only chose to move them down because we felt like there was a team that deserved to move up multiple spots. And this was kind of a tough decision. But here's here's the scoop with Kansas Wesleyan right now. Right now, Kansas Wesleyan has a winning record. I mean, look, lost to Ottawa. That wasn't even that bad of a game. It was... It was closer than uh, most of their matchups usually go i feel but they bounced back here traveled all the way to east tennessee and they took care of business pretty handedly as well they went ahead blew out campbellsville 30 out took care of business clean game then they went ahead and they also beat reinhardt 26 out love to see that took care of business both games they should win that's what they did there was there wasn't really anything in these games that like I don't know, showed me that they didn't deserve to be in the top seven or eight here. Uh, but we just had a team move up a couple of spots. And so for now, they are here at seven, but it could change. It could definitely change here. Regardless, right now, they are two and one against NAI opponents. Uh, and they have a pretty busy next week here. They start uh well they already started kcac play but they continue that against bethel college i believe uh that is actually bethel college first game i want to say here bethel is another first year program they really should win this game i don't care how they do it as long as they do it you know they play them march 8th so that's in a couple of days that's on wednesday and then following that they have a couple uh two-year program i guess um community college games that they do play against fort scott florida gateways listed here and heston college as well so a very busy week for them but they really shouldn't lose any of those games but you know who knows anything could happen it's football it's college football we'll just have to see you just got to go ahead and take care of business just like they did this week and that is fair in my opinion but right now they are here at seven now at six here uh we gotta go with saint thomas last week i guess the last two weeks they're at five they do move down just a little bit and i i think this is more of a reflection of how 
I guess their last two games went. Because here's the thing, they haven't won a game since they won the first one, which was only a 12 to 6 win over Warner. You know, so that's tough. And then you go play Thomas. You know, obviously you're not favored in that one, especially in Thomasville, you know. But you make it a pretty close game. You only lose 26 to 18. But then you play Weber and you get blown out 37 to 14. Uh, so there you go. I mean, they were already one and two going into this. Then they played Kaiser here and they lost to them 12 to 20 here. But here's the thing. You still lost. You're still one and three. And... We, we just gotta see, you know, if they could uh, get back on track here, which they should. Looking at their schedule, they do play first-year program Reinhardt in Georgia on Saturday. Uh, that's definitely a game they should win, in my opinion. But, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Look, we'll, we'll just have to see, right? We'll just have to see. I said this last week, you know, they had a quarterback issue. You know, they been starting with Julian Yukowski and then they'll sub her out eventually for Jada Graham now this game they started with Holly Neer who was the starter for them uh, to start the season last year back in 2022 and honestly in this game she didn't do a bad job I mean she took some good shots here uh, she made some really good throws she kept them really competitive just wasn't quite able to get it done and Kaiser I mean they're that good of a team right you know they're gonna win those games they're gonna uh, really put the pressure on you to match their scoring and for St. Thomas they just couldn't quite get there and so we'll we'll see you know we'll we'll see what happens here I am positive that they should probably give Holly another chance moving forward. I mean, if it was that close of a football game, I think that is fair to do, especially against a team like Reinhardt, you know, see what happens there. But they definitely have talent. They just got to figure it out. They got to get consistent. And bottom line is they got to win games, you know, um, but they haven't and that's why they've moved down only one spot and but that's what happens you know teams are gonna move up and down and look i think uh, them moving down a spot is not the worst thing especially considering a squad moved up now speaking of teams though that moved down we got weber right here at five they got blown out they got whooped by warner there's no way around that. I mean, they lost 31 to 18. There was a little garbage time touchdown there. So really, it was like 31 to 12 or whatever the two scores were. But they still got whooped. They lost. And this Warner offense, they were going. You know, Amiri Logan, she got her touchdown. Cynthia Homs finally broke out here. Madison Tingen played her best game of the season. I, the defense just didn't look good. Even before Caitlin's... Caitlin Sigmundy came out, which is obviously a huge loss. They were already down 19 to 0. And that's just not great. You know, as a defense, you can't allow that. The flag pulling, uh, they could have done better, obviously. But look, they're here. They are now 2 and 2 on the season. Um, that other loss was against Florida Memorial, or not Florida Memorial, excuse me. The other loss was against Kaiser, who they lost 20-18. to They beat Florida Memorial 
20 to 7 here. Next up, they do go to Campbellsville. This looks like to be after spring break, and they play a number of games there uh, against Campbellsville, Reinhardt, and Cotty. So that should be a good little time before they hop into uh, back into, I guess, Sun Conference play. They also play Fort Lauderdale that weekend as well, and then they hop back into Sun Conference play. And so they'll have time to get back on track, but. I'm not going to hold it. I don't think me and Cody are going to hold it too much against them. Everyone has off games. That was obviously an off game for Weber. I don't think they played their best. And they could definitely play better. And we know that. We know that they could play better. But we'll just have to see what happens moving forward here. For now, though, they only drop a spot. They go to five. Yeah, they go to five. Uh, they were previously at four. And so, speaking of number four, at four, we got Warner. And Cody and I uh, definitely agreed on this one. It, it was kind of hard struggling with that fourth spot, with that top four spot, because, uh, well, first things first, we do send in our power rankings to our friends at NEIF Ball. Make sure you follow them on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. I mean, they cover women's flag football, obviously, NEIA men's football as well. And we do power rankings with them. And so we usually just send in our top four here. The first three has been the same for like years now uh, it feels but the fourth spot is always in contention and we feel like this team earned this spot here and this team is jumping up uh shoot almost three spots which is the most that any team has jumped up this season and that is warner right now they are at two and one started the season with a loss since then they've been undefeated you know, they beat Florida Memorial 21 to 19. That was one they really had to sweat out and grind out, to be honest with you, which is okay because they went on and they went and blew out Weber 31 to 18. This was not as close as the score looks. And they just outplayed him. I mean, Madison Tingen, uh, it, it took her a little bit of time to kind of, you know, get back to form, I would say, compared to last season. But once she did, she looked really good, you know, made a lot of good decisions here, uh, was really sharp as a passer. Obviously, there were a couple of throws she missed here and there, but it is what it is. You still got the win. Uh, you were really productive, spread the ball around really well. It wasn't just the Cynthia Hom show, which is huge. And if you're Warner, you got to like it, you know. Uh, regardless, 2-1, and one, only one loss here. Their next game uh, after their break, I believe, is against Campbellsville in Campbellsville, where they play them, Milligan, and I believe Reinhardt while on this little trip. So, yeah, I mean, that should be a... That, that should be a lot of fun. Obviously, they should be favored in those games. And so they could really hold on to this fourth spot here if they continue to take care of business and win, which, you know, we believe they can. And look, they're a talented squad. We looked at their roster in preseason and we knew that they were going to be extremely deep here at every position, you know, not just uh, receiver or DB or whatever, linebacker, but, you know, quarterback as well. They could get a little bit more creative here with two quarterback sets. 
Uh, also, you know, not have Madison Tingen out there all the time, especially in garbage time as well. On top of that, they got a lot of receivers to compliment Cynthia Holmes who are opening things up. Amiri Logan is really breaking out as a great option here. Trinity Kieran is doing her thing, which she did last season as well. And then more, you know, you got a lot more like athletes and talent that you know are still kind of trying to find their footing here they're trying to get there i think andrea castillo is somebody that comes to mind honestly definitely somebody that could get going um anna pack on a vincentini she's done her thing as well can't forget about her uh did grab a touchdown this game though and i think she had one the last game as well and so they're deep you know and they're only gonna get better i think this next stretch is really gonna build their confidence here and it'll be really interesting to see how they do following that little road trip against, you know, Reinhardt Campbellsville, Fort Lauderdale. But it'd be really interesting to see how they do after that because they got a gauntlet to run. But it's also a perfect opportunity to really rise here in these power rankings and gain some really good confidence as well. Because after that trip, they play Kaiser on March 23rd, Thursday, and two days later... They go ahead and host Thomas. So that's number one and two in your conference there. Getting a win against one of them is really all you need potentially to move up. So definitely keep that in mind. Obviously, don't overlook the teams that you're playing ahead, but it will be really interesting to see where they're at after that. So there you go. Warner, you know, uh, making some noise. They're a riser right here. So love to see that. Now, our top three has basically stayed to stayed the same here. Kaiser at three. They had that close, that close game against St. Thomas. Um, here's the thing. They still won 20 to 12 there. And it really should have just been 20 to 6. But, you know, Roden did throw that interception, which eventually turned into a touchdown. But it happens, right? It happens. I am going to say one thing here, though. Kaiser. Um has not scored over 20 points yet this season and all their wins they've actually only scored 20 which is really interesting they've played three games 120 against fmu 120 to 18 against weber uh did not score at all against thomas and then only scored 20 against saint thomas here and so they have a really long break Obviously, spring break plays a big part of that. Their next game is March 23rd. That's roughly two-ish weeks from now. So, there you go there. I mean, they're going to have to pick it up, right? It's going to be interesting to see how they respond coming out of this break. They do play Warner, you know, who should be pretty hot by the time they play them uh, and whatnot. Anyways, just keep, keep an eye out on that. You know, we won't talk about them in depth for a little bit here, but would obviously love to see them score more. They definitely have the talent to do that. You know, Sofia Caprio has really emerged as a threat out there. Then obviously you still have Kennedy Foster, Chloe Griffin, Adriana Rodriguez. I mean, this is still, Emma Wagman, sorry. This is still a very dangerous crew. And you gotta think eventually they're gonna bring in Brenna Ramirez to get some snaps once she is healthy enough and all that. If that's, if you know, if that's in the plans for this season so there you go but we'll see what happens for now kaiser is right here at three at number two though is thomas look huge win 
huge win over Florida Memorial. Um, geez, man, they they it, it was all going their way. Honestly, it was just going their way. It was their game. I mean, they won like what forty to zero, something like that. So they shut out FMU as well, who obviously has some athletes. On top of that, they dropped forty and. To be completely honest with you, they could have scored even more, but elected to run out the clock uh, mostly. I mean, they were doing that already, but still, though, they they scored a lot and they looked really sharp. You got to shout first off, got to shout out the quarterback, Alexa Wilson. Uh, she had a tough, you know, couple weeks. She, I think this was her breakout game, honestly. I think this was definitely her breakout game, and she should be very happy about this, especially going into spring break. It has to be a great feeling, you know, playing a great game, and then now you just get to chill for a bit, have a bit of a break before you really get back to work and honestly chase the national championship, which at the end of the season is what's going to matter, you know, um, or it's going to be one of the things that matters at least but thomas definitely you know he right here at two there might be the potential for them to move up depending on ottawa losing and whatnot we'll see about that um but even then thomas might move up just for strength of schedule as well which may not be popular but they're looking really good this defense is really good you know great players Really good coaching, a lot of credit to Coach Palmer over there, once again, getting it done, you know, having a juggernaut of a defense, they're a threat, you know, they could stop you on any given drive, and that is my true belief, I mean, you got Jada Reese out there, she's gonna turn up, she's gonna make sure you are never comfortable, or throwing, you know, set, with your feet set right and on top of that you got opportunistic dbs like kara brown kara knight uh, janae scott is obviously out there Brittany delva giselle jones is out there the freshman Aaliyah wood like we said in the preseason has really emerged as a star for them as well and this is only her first year this thomas team is looking really good they in my opinion they could beat ottawa you know and that was obviously my opinion uh, before the season as well but in case that wasn't clear, they could definitely beat Ottawa. You know, this is a elite defense. This is the best defense in the entire country. On top of that, this offense is really coming along. You know, we really got to see the flashes of greatness and how good they could really be with Alexa Wilson, who was just on top of it. You know, with all these playmakers around, you kind of assume eventually you'll figure it out. But assuming is different from doing, right? And she did it. So, there you go. Thomas at two. Nothing more to say there. At number one is Ottawa. Nothing to say there. Um, obviously, they do have that break. It was kind of explained to us. We uh, exchanged some messages. You know, they want to give their athletes a great opportunity to potentially make that national team. Love to see that. You know, obviously, love to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, not too much to say. They are still playing KCAC games. I mean, they'll... Well, they're going to play a couple club teams first, some really good ones. And then they're going to go back to KCAC games. But uh, we'll see how uh, the rest of the season goes. But once more, just so that you remember, uh, starting right here at the bottom. right now, For now, 15 is Bethel, 14 is Reinhardt, 13 is Milligan, 12 is Campbellsville, 11, Cotty College, 10, Florida Memorial, 9, University of St. Mary, 8 is Midland, 7 Kansas Wesleyan, 6 St. Thomas, 5 Weber, 
four Warner, three Kaiser, two Thomas, and number one is Ottawa. So there you go. Uh, very jam-packed weekend. Got a lot of movement here, uh, especially on the back end for sure. The front four or five is basically going to stay the same, I would assume, for a while here, especially with the spring break. But, you know, there's going to be some teams that are finally going to play. I think every squad is going to play by this point. Bethel's going to play this week. Uh, University of St. Mary's going to play this week. And then, uh, yeah, next episode, at that point, every team participating in NAIA flag football, women's flag football, would have played a game. And uh, uh, hopefully we would have seen every team play as well at that point, which will be pretty big uh, when it comes to these power rankings. But there you go. That's week three right there. Like I said, a lot of great football games, uh, a lot of great athletes really turning up this week. And, you know, we look forward to covering it more moving on this season. But if you want to support us or know when more episodes are going to drop, go ahead and follow us and show some love on social media at Playmakers Corner. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. We'll be posting content there. Uh, all the content we post on TikTok will also be posting on YouTube as a real uh, short form video so it'll be on youtube as well at playmakers corner uh subscribe to us there also appreciate it if you are listening to us on youtube i know we do have a solid amount of our audience that is on there so love that and uh yeah i mean stay tuned for more women's football content women's college football content here it should be a blast uh, moving forward and i've been your host simon Villanos, and i will catch you later